dear class, I am happy to see you. I don't know what to call it. She called me this morning, but she's coming tonight. Oh, okay. So Good. Good. Yep. Yep. If you're sitting next to a lady you don't know, introduce yourself. If you're sitting next to a lady you do know, say, I'm glad you're here. And then go like this. Ready? Put your finger on one side of your lip and pull it across to the other side of the lip. And then say, I'm ready. Okay, I am so glad you're here. <laughs> We've got a number of ladies helping in Vacation Bible School, which it's so exciting. If you didn't get one of these on your chair, make sure you grab a couple so this week you can hand them out for Vacation Bible School. And um, it's going to be an exciting time. And, of course, you know the devil's going to work overtime. One of the buses did not start, which is always disappointing. But uh, Oh, yes, thank you, I do. Uh, make sure you grab your owl. Our lesson today is going to be all about the owl, and, um, and I'm excited to get into it. Some new prayer requests. Sandy's taking the prayer requests, so if you have those, make sure uh, you can go ahead and um, give them to her, either on paper or verbally, and she gets them to Maya. So it's nice to have Sandy in class. If you've not yet met Sandy... Sandy sits to the right of me in the auditorium. You know how you always have the seat? And I always, you know, when I get bumped for some reason, it's so funny. It throws me, it does throw me off. And I'll say, well, I can't even listen now because I'm not in my right seat, you know. So that's how patterned we are. But um, it is wonderful to see Becky in class. Becky, you've been in our prayers. And the... Um, uh, it's been a event, very, very eventful couple of weeks for Becky, and so um, we are thankful that she and her family are doing well. And uh, we just never know, do we? We don't know what a day may bring forth. Karen. Oh, oh, is that is that Pensacola or is okay for the competition? Okay, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the traveling mercies. That's right. Yep, wonderful, Karen. Oh, that's exciting. That's very exciting. You're grabbing these for me, right, Cindy? Great. Amen. Praise the Lord, Leslie. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Adam. All righty. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I went to, uh, to Adam Street twice. The first time, um, this was with a call. At matter of fact, I think they're shirt tail relatives of you, Lori. Um, and um, the the one time, well, Trina and I were together, and we. We were finding their address. I love my address finder on my phone. And it said, you know, 600 feet, 400 feet, 200 feet. Three cars drove in the driveway in front of me. And I went, wow. And I looked behind me. There's three cars behind me. They, they have their blinkers on. I said to Trina, I think a party is going on. So we went forward a little bit. And three more cars drove in. I said, I said to Trina, I, 
I'll come back here tomorrow and um, stop by. And I did. Uh, no one answered the door, but I, good morning, Jan, uh, left flyers in there for Vacation Bible School. And I got their address. I'll get back again. But that was another really good call. Well, I am so glad that you are here this morning. Um, in lieu of Vacation Bible School, please pray. The next four, Today and the next three weeks after today, Vacation Bible School Sundays, they run from 10 o'clock till 12. Some of our ladies are working in those classes. It's going to be exciting. It's, here's the flyers right up here if you need some flyers to hand out. And uh, pray that uh, boys and girls will be saved. Boys and girls will get the word of God in their head and their hearts. That will last forever. And what a blessing that is. Well, this morning our Sunday school lesson is about, guess what? Yeah, the owl, the owl. So as we think about what God wants us to learn from the owl, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you that the heavens declare your glory and everything that you made around us speaks of who you are. And Father, that you love us so much that you care about our day-to-day and how we live it and how we can live it with satisfaction and with eternal value. Father, thank you for being a loving Father that teaches us. And Father, these aspects that you put into the owl so that we could see and learn, Lord, I pray that they would go into our hearts. And more than go into our hearts, Lord, I pray that we'd use them. Use them in our life, Father. Thank you for each lady here. God, how I pray for Vacation Bible School, even now as as verses are getting put into the children's heads and for the programs, oh, Father, I pray for boys and girls to be saved, for boys and girls to get a taste of your word in their life and learn how to practically use it so that they can grow their faith. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look at the lady next to you and say what the owl says. Woo, yeah. Grab your owl. It's a cookie lesson on the owl, and, and it's just so special that God would, God would put in the owl this sound, this who. First of all, the owl asks the question that is born in mankind's heart. He echoes it all night through. Who? Who am I? Who am I? It's one of the first things that... We think about when we understand who we are, who am I? I mean, I, I don't mean my name, and I don't mean your name. I mean the real who are you, the one that lives deep inside, the one that only you know about, but even at that point, there are so many times that I don't know who I am. Matter of fact, I hear the expression all the time, I've got to find myself. Right? Right? You've heard that? Maybe you've said that. What does that mean? That means... They, that question or that statement is made in a response to not knowing who we are. Not knowing who we are. Who am I? Just when I get a clue about who I am, I change. I change my mind. I change my opinion. I change my hairstyle. I change what I like. I change what I don't like. And then things happen in our life that change who we are. Circumstances and people, things that we have no control over, come into our life and we change who we are again. Change. So how did your annual physical go, Sarah asked her friend Susan. 
horrible, Susan said. The nurse asked how much I weighed, and I said, 135. Then she put me on the scale, and it said I weighed 180. The nurse asked for my height. I said, five foot four. She said, I only measure five foot two. Next, she took my blood pressure and said it was really high. That's when I lost it. What did you do, Sarah asked. I screamed, of course it's high. When I came in here, I was like a fairy princess, tall and slender, and now you're telling me I'm one of the seven dwarfs. <laughs> Change. Change happens all of the time, making us wonder, who? Who am I? Who am I really? And the most beautiful thing, girls and fellow sisters in Christ, we hold the answer to who we are in our laps. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 44, 24. Our scripture verses for today's lesson are up here on the board. Isaiah 44, 24. And as soon as somebody gets that, I'd like you to read that for me. Girls, you've just got to hear this. You've got to savor this verse. Becky, would you read that one more time? I, I had this memorized years ago. I love this verse because it stabilizes in who I am. Go ahead. That's who we are. We are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. And even a greater security point for me as a mom, my children are his workmanship. Can't find it? Isaiah 44, 24, is that right? Okay. We are his workmanship. I am his. He formed us from the womb. Is that amazing? Even before we were, even before I even had the question in my head, who am I? God knew because God made me. And the beautiful thing about it, too, even as, as Abby went through this uh, appendectomy and all the drama of just even last Sunday. Can you believe that was last Sunday? I mean, how things happen like that. God knew on Abby's birthday that on Memorial Day weekend she was going to have an appendectomy. God knew. God knows. Who am I? I am his. I am his workmanship. And then the other question that, uh, oh, Ephesians 2.10. I don't think I have that one up there, but oh, I do. It's we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. It's another great reference on, on asking, who am I? Um, the other question that the owl echoes, who? Who loves me? Who loves me? The third one he echoes is, or she, we'll make her she. She's kind of a she, owl, or cookie. Who cares? Who cares? Who loves me? Well, first of all, who am I? I'm his. Who loves me? Jesus. Jesus loves me, this I know. Ready? For the Bible tells me so. He loves me. He not only made me, formed me, but then he died for me. Went to Calvary, shed his blood, paying the price of my sin, the payment for my sin, so that I could be redeemed and be forgiven. Who loves me? Oh, girls. He so loves us. God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. We are so loved. Don't you ever believe the devil's lie 
that you are not loved, that I'm not loved. Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? We've all been there. It's a lie. He so loves me. And then here's the beautiful part two of his love. He loves me so much. He loves you so much. He adopted you. He adopted you and made you family, joint heirs with him. We are sisters <coughs> to Christ. We're family. We were at um, the, the Shram's open house, Julia's open house yesterday. And I was talking to Julia. Do you know in, the, in their marriage years, they have fostered or adopted or been uh, parents to over 64 children. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing lady. Right now, our dear Barb and Nelson are with Karen AC because Karen AC are adopting a son. It's official, and they're celebrating it. Dear sisters in Christ, when you received Christ, because God so loved us, all of heaven threw a party, an adoption party. We're family. Who am I? I am God's. Who loves me? He so loves me. He not only saved me from my sin, but he made me family. And then who cares? No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Get that truth in your head and sing it every day because there's going to be some days where you feel like nobody cares, where I feel like nobody cares. <laughs> I can just see. I can just see me. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> nobody, you know, and that's what it is. Jesus cares. So the question that the owl echoes or asks, who, who, turn to your lady next to you and go, who, come on, just say it. I just love that. I love you. So in this very, yeah, in this very fleeting summer season that we have, summer is going to fly by. Our Heavenly Father not only teaches who I am, who loves me, and who cares, but he teaches me how to live today in a way that is not only profitable, but pleasurable. Think of this. The scripture at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. We as a class learned um, the verses in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 55, 9. Um, would somebody look that one up for me? 55, Isaiah 55, 9, about walking with the Lord. That's not the one I want. That comes later. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. It starts out, fear. for I, the Lord thy God. Is that amazing? 41.13. Yep. He says, fear not. I will hold thy hand. That's what we get because of whose we are. He will hold our hand. When we're in his company... There are pleasures forevermore, and we don't need to fear. So in this fleeting summer season that we're in, isn't it beautiful, girls? This first Sunday in June, wow, everything is exploding with life. I walked out into the backyard to put the cushions up because it's probably going to rain, and I just stood there in amazement. Everything is so alive. It's bursting with color and scents. And I just loved it. And I said, dear Father, you made all this. Thank you. 
I get to walk with him all day today. So how do we, in this summer season, seek him first? Boy, I tell you what, summer can be so deceitful. Summer's filled with so many good things, and we so easily get distracted in worshiping the gifts rather than the giver of the gifts because we're on a different schedule. The last three lessons that we've had in Sunday school were about don't forget to remember that we're in a war. And summertime comes and summer season comes and Satan goes on overtime with so many distractions and so many good things to take us away from the main thing. The main thing being seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him first. How can I love God more today than I did yesterday? The owl is going to tell us how. First of all, it needs to be a question we ask and a part of our prayer in the morning, first thing. Father, I need to love you more today than I did yesterday. What happens when you don't keep loving more? Fissures, you forget. Um, deterioration sets in. It's true with every relationship. I need to love my husband more today than I did yesterday. I need to love others more today than I did yesterday. I need to love my enemy more today than I did yesterday. Specifically, right? Every relationship is meant to be mended and is meant to be grown. And you do that by loving more today. So number one way in growing my faith in this summer season is make it a statement of prayer. Lord, I need to love you more today than I did yesterday. But then the big YBH comes. Yeah, but how? That can be so nebulous, right? It can be a want to. Lord, I want to. I want to. My want to is sincere, but until it takes root and grows and takes action, it doesn't happen. Here's the first YBH in loving God more today than I did yesterday. Ready? After you state your purpose, Father, I need to love you more today. Then use your senses. God has given all of us five senses. Everyone here has been given five senses. You begin at the baseline in loving somebody more by using your senses. Tell the lady next to you, use your sense. Ready? <laughs> so in the course of your day, now thinking, now thinking of your senses, in the course of your day, when you see something beautiful, ready? Acknowledge God in it. When you see something beautiful, did anybody see anything beautiful this morning? What did you see beautiful, Donna? Oh, just beautiful. They are absolutely beautiful. What do you do when you see you acknowledge God? You use all five of your senses to continually acknowledge, God, that's so beautiful. God, you made that. That is amazing. How many put something in the crock pot this morning? Okay, did you get to smell it? Okay, how many, yesterday, did anybody, was anybody in the kitchen yesterday? <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. When you smell that meatloaf, when you smell that meatloaf cooking, Acknowledge it. It's your sense of smell. Acknowledge. Don't acknowledge just the smell. Acknowledge why you can. Oh, Father, that smells so good. And you know what? It reminds me. Oh, taste and see that you are good. What happens when you use your five senses and you bring God into the senses that he gave you and you acknowledge and there's a camaraderie that begins to happen. You know what? You are walking with your maker as you acknowledge him. It matches up with the New Testament. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, in all your senses, acknowledge him. And you know what begins to happen besides the fact that there is a, there is a reference point, but there's a friendship that's being built because you're acknowledging who 
who he is in your life. And a friendship begins to build. And that's just the baseline and using the simple five senses that God gave to all of us as a gift for the purpose of acknowledging him, of knowing who he is. Um, next, go to the owl and consider her eyes. Her eyes. Her eyes are huge. They're actually not eyeballs. They're tubes, but I'm not going to get into that this week. <laughs> but they are. They're literal tubes. Um, the owl cookies that I made for you show her huge, huge eyes. This is what the owl wants me to think about. Father, help me see the way you see. The owl has extraordinary vision, extraordinary, like no other animal. And my Heavenly Father has something he wants me to learn from the owl. He wants me to learn to see the way he sees. First of all, they have night vision. Night vision. Good morning. Hi, Al. They have night vision. They see in the dark. So let me ask you, can you see in the dark? And the answer is, yes, you can. And we're going to see how. God's word states, to everything there is a season. What season are you in right now? Are you in a dark season? Are you in um, a hurtful season? Are you in a broken, a broken season? Broken. <coughs> we are broken people living in a broken world. I broke seven of the 35 cookies that I made. I dropped them. I broke them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's my, what my siblings asked, too. I have a, um, what do you call that? A thread. A thread where um, my siblings, we correspond to each other just about every day. There's some funny thing that comes or what. There's four of us. And, and yesterday morning, um, I broke seven of the 35 cookies, and then um, my KitchenAid dishwasher, that I love, the, um, I've been dealing with, it smells like dead fish, okay? Um, so I have used baking soda throughout, scrubbed it down. I have put in the vinegar and run it on that full, the sanitizing, the sanitizing cycle. Um, and so I opened it up again, thinking for sure the night before when I put it on that sand, you know, this, this, this works. Open it up. I smell dead fish again. This is after I broke the cookies. And so then I get, found my manual, the KitchenAid. I found out, and I'm not supposed to have to use the disposal because it's got a disposal right in it. But also Clint loads along with Mama, you know, so things probably get put in. I figured out how I've got water. Do you want water? Yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. It's fine. We all understand allergy season. So, so took that apart, fixed that, put that aside. And all the time, you just I'm just feeling rushed. You know, you go through your days like that, it feels like somebody's actually chasing you. I mean, you look around behind your back. You no, know, I'm walking with the Lord. I'm hand in hand with the Lord. Why are we running? You know, that, that, that type of thing. It's, it's inside. It's, it's the bothersome inside. And I need to stop and pray when that, when I acknowledge that. That is the answer. So then I go out into the garden to pick some flowers. 
And I said, I need to ask Doug about this. I think this is poison ivy. And so, um, okay, we watched some YouTubes, and yes, we said, I have poison ivy in my garden. And I, all I have to do is breathe it, okay? I don't even have to touch it. So, so the whole morning was just this frustration. It was broken. It was a broken morning. Do you know God wants to use our brokenness more than he wants, more than our, our wholeness? There were so many times where I stopped and acknowledged God and prayed about it that I was walking really close to him. It was a very eternal morning because I was with him. I just got this as a little gift. I love this. This is beautiful. This is from Carol's daughter who came and visited a class. She was down in Texas in Waco, and there is a coffee shop down there, and uh, it's run by these parents who have two Down syndrome children. Okay, it's beautiful. You know what this cup says? It makes me want to cry. Not broken. Not broken. That is a testament of what God wants to do in all of our lives. Whether we're whatever way we're challenged. We're all challenged in different ways. We all have broken stuff in our life. And God says, bring me your broken stuff. Bring me your broken morning. I'm going to help you see, Kathy, what you can't see and if you don't learn to see the way I want you to see, you're just going to be frustrated. You're just going to be impatient. You're just going to be crabby. You're going to waste your morning. Praise God, he saves me in my brokenness. So what do I do to see in the dark? How do I see in the dark? Here's how we see in the dark. Ready? You all know. He says, I don't want you to see with the eyes I gave you. I want you to see by faith. I want you to walk by faith. And that means you can't see. You can't see. You can't see why. You can't see how. You can't see when. But I'm going to teach you how to see by faith. There's something I want you to see that you will not see until you can't see. Say that. Okay? <laughs> and with that, know that Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's imperative, as we talked about in the last Sundays, get a plan for getting God's word in your head. This is what allows me to see when I can't see. I couldn't see why. I mean, I'm, I, I drop everything now, and I don't see why. <laughs> yes, I do see why. That age. Okay, it's, it's the motor skills. They've, they've left me. My father hasn't. And he wants me to see something much more important than the broken cookies. He wants me to see that brokenness is used for his glory. Matter of fact, my siblings were so cute. I said, okay, broken cookies, a dishwasher that smells like dead fish, and I've got poison ivy in my garden. And that was all within the space of two hours. <laughs> and they, they write back. My brother, who um, he, he, he fell, and he really hurt himself. He's got bruises all over himself. His arms look like my dad's arms. And I have my garden wounds too. And I thought, even as it's so funny, I thought, my arms look just like dad's. And uh, Bill texted me back and he said, hey, don't you throw away those broken cookies. <laughs> broken cookies, they're the best kind. And I said, I know, that's what my husband said. They're all in a big baggie, but I don't want to give them out to class. So <laughs> use your brokenness. And it was, it was just a beautiful reminder. It's not eternal, it's not important. You see, all of that. But anyways, let's get on with, with this next part. Um, seeing in the dark, the extraordinary night vision, and how God equips us by faith 
I'm to see what I can't naturally see. So get the word of God in your heart. And here's an accountability question. What word did you memorize last week? What word did you memorize last week? Remember when we were in our class last week and we turned to Lamentations? He was going through a really, really dark, awful time. Lamentations 3. He says, for this I recall to my mind. See, I love that phrase. This I, there's a responsibility on my part, but there's the glorious work of God on his part. But this I recall to my mind, the God of hope. And you know what he recalled to his mind in this terrible dark time? His mercies are new every morning. They are new every morning. Our God is a daily God. And we need him daily. So faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's imperative. And it's imperative to get the word of God in your children's lives, children and grandchildren. Encourage, make up games, have competitions. For a couple summers, every grandchild had a piggy bank. And every time they told grandma a verse, a quarter went in that piggy bank. You should have seen, the, you should, they would compare piggy banks. They would shake piggy banks, you know. They would watch that. And I said, at the end of summer, you get your piggy bank. <coughs> But, but set, up, set up fun ways to get the word of God first in your mind and then in your children's minds and then in your grandchildren's mind, in your husband's mind. Make it a point of reference where you're talking. You know what this verse, text each other, message each other. You know what God did with this word for me today? And share it with each other. Those of you who are rearing children the same ages, find out what each other does to get the word of God in your home, in your hearts. Because you, before you know it, you know what? The day is coming when those children are going to be grown. And they're going to be adults. And they're going to be walking through some dark times, some hard times, some broken times. And what they are going to remember is seeing mom as she walked her faith. There's nothing more eternal you and I can do than to walk our faith on purpose in our home. That is what is going to be called to remembrance by our children, by our grandchildren, when they grow up and they all of a sudden don't know why, don't know when, don't know how. Living my faith in my home, the eternal gift that we pass on. So here's the YBH concerning activating our faith. And I even put them on the board, Cindy. So, yeah, okay. Number one, how do I really walk by faith? Number one, you rest. Turn to your Bibles to Psalm 37.7. You rest in the knowledge. You thought I was going to say take a nap. No, we don't get that. You rest in the knowledge of ready who the Lord is. You rest in the knowledge of who the Lord is. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. What are the next two words? Fret. Tell your neighbor. Tell her. Tell her. Tell her. Fret not. One of the best visible ways for you and me to show our faith, to walk our faith, to our husband, to our friends, to our co-workers, especially to our children and our grandchildren, is to fret not. All right? Don't fret. Replace it instead with my faith. It's faith over fretting. Fretting comes naturally. 
Faith comes supernaturally. That's why decades ago, I learned the phrase, and this is, and I encourage you to do this, get these phrases in your head to battle what comes naturally. A hard time, a dark time, a frustrating time, what would come out of my mouth is, oh, no. Oh, no. And the Holy Spirit so convicted me because I was hearing that a lot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Change it. Flip it. God knows. Instead of, oh, no, it's God knows. And at every opportunity, when it's an oh, no experience or an oh, no happening, say right out loud, acknowledge God in the frustration, acknowledge God in the dark time by saying, God knows. It's not oh, no. It's God knows. Rest. Rest in knowing who the Lord is. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently on him. Fret not. You've got to learn. I've got to learn what to do with my natural fretting. You flip it. You flip it. And you say, by the strength of the Holy Spirit that lives in me, I can't wait for the next time to say out loud, God knows. God knows. Replacing it. Number two, read, oh, and this, the, the reference was Lamentations 321. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. Is that, is that, is that powerful? This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Number two, read the truth. Read the truth. I need God's clear word to direct my naturally wandering ways. Okay, my naturally wandering mind. I need I need to know what God says concerning this, with with the attitude of God. What you say, I will obey. David said it best. Teach me Thy way, O Lord. I will. It's a matter of my will. I will walk in Thy truth. Get God's truth. We are so we are so in tune to our own self talk, to our own truth. We talk ourselves in and out of anything we want. And I've got to put up that safeguard, God, what do you say about this? Because I'm so influenced by the way Kathy thinks. Gary Richmond, a former zookeeper, had this to say, raccoons go through a glandular change at about 24 months. After that, they often attack their owners. Since a 30-pound raccoon can be equal to a 100-pound dog in a scrap fight, I felt compelled to mention the change coming to a pet raccoon owner. Julie listened politely as I explained the coming danger, and I will never forget her answer. Oh, it'll be different for me. She smiled and added, Bandit wouldn't hurt me. He just wouldn't. Three months later, Julie underwent plastic surgery for facial lacerations sustained when her adult raccoon attacked her for no apparent reason. Bandit was released into the wild. See, sin comes dressed in all kinds of cute, cuddly packages. And as we play with it or justify it, it is so easy to say, oh, it'll be different for me. It won't. Sin, when it is finished, what, girls? It bringeth forth death. So confirm it with the word of God. God's ways are different than our ways. When what I'm wondering about I immediately learn to confirm it, and I err on the side of doing exactly what God says, not what my friends say, um, not what society says. Don't be influenced by that. Not even what 
my mother said. No, it had to be confirmed. Not even what your Sunday school teacher says. Confirm it with the word of God. You're in the safe place. You're in the best place. Because our ways are not his ways. His ways are higher. His ways, his ways are higher. His, ways, his thoughts are different. He thinks differently. That's where I wanted that verse, Cindy, Isaiah 55, 9. Um, God's ways and God's thoughts are higher than mine. And when we learn to think like him because we know his word, he takes us to a higher place. I love that. It was so, it was so experiential again yesterday morning. When my morning just kept going downhill, and I kept going back to the Lord. He took me to a higher place. And at the end of the day, I said, thank you, Lord. I could not have done this day in a way that would honor you and glorify you had it not been for you. Oh, nobody would have known. Nobody would have known. But God would. And God made my day profitable. He made me see things that I, not, I would not have seen had I not been having such a rough day. He brought me higher. We always want to go higher. We were made to go higher. We were not made to be chained to this earth. Matter of fact, that's the appeal of every amusement park. As we get our hands stamped and we walk to that seat that we're going to be belted in, and it's going to catapult us to the sky. It's going to defy gravity. It's going to flip us, turn us, spin us, squeal us. And when our shaky feet hit the earth again, we take a big, deep breath and we say what? Let's do it again. Why? Because we were not made to be low. I, I so enjoyed the, um, uh, the message from ambassador the man he talked about being king on the mountain wanting to be the highest in the highest point that is in all of us we all want to be higher I'll never forget the summer where my grandson will learn to pump in his swing how many of you remember when you no longer needed anybody to push you but you personally learned how to pump was that an awesome feeling wasn't that great didn't you feel like you were invincible you were flying see Jackson and will they're like what 16 18 months apart so Jackson always did everything the summer before, and Will was always trying to catch up. Well, on this particular summer, I think Will probably was like three, Jackson went running into the house, and he said, Mom, Mom, Will's got it. Will can now pump on his own. Mom, come see Will. And there's Will. She looks out at Will, and Will is just pulling back and pumping, and his eyes are bugging out, and his mouth is wide open, and he is just glorying in the fact that he can pump his own swing. Tina claps. She turns around to go back in, and then Jackson's words shout out, that's great, Will. Now, when you get to the highest point, that's when you jump. And immediately, every mother, she flies around, no! No, no, no. And because she's a loving mother, she instructs, don't jump. Jack's instruction would have ended in destruction. But Tina's instruction as a mother who cares was for, yes, will to enjoy this new venture. But she saw the bigger picture. She wanted it to end good. Our Heavenly Father's instruction in his word is always for our good. It is always for our good. He sees the whole picture. He sees the end. 
So he gives us, so we've got to know, we've got to read his word to know his way, to know his opinion with the, with the will to say, I will obey, even when I don't agree. Here's an interesting thought. I can't take it. That clock is demanding. Um, <laughs> so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. How do I grow my faith this summer? Number one, state God, I want to love you more today than I did yesterday. Underneath that is how. Yeah, but how? Rest in the Lord. Know who he is. He is in control. Two, read his word. Get his opinion about everything. And three, rely not on my feelings. This is connected to read his word. I generally find what God's opinion on something when I'm bothered about something. Specifically, it's when I do an intense Bible study for my heart, for my questions, for my dilemma, for my hurt. And um, God uses the hurts in our life for us to see like we would never see without the hurts. Pure and simple. Next time something happens, whether it be major or minor in your life that hurts, get excited with Paul. Do you know what Paul said about it? I glory in my hurts, my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I take that truth and I say, Lord, you're going to use this. You're going to use this, and it's going to beautify my life more than if this hurt had never happened because it's your power in me. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. Pass this on to your children. Don't hurts in life start early, don't they? Oh, they start so early. It, they start so early. Pass on to your children and your grandchildren what to do with their hurts. Don't rely on your feelings. Years ago, when the kids still lived, um, what was the name of it? Seidel? Seidel on Seidel? Um, Caitlin's bike was stolen right out of their driveway. Right out of their own driveway. Her, and her bike at that summertime, it was her BFF. I mean, she was one with her bike, you know. It was a big deal. And she's just crying her little eyes out. Well, I run over there, and I give her a hug. And I said, oh, Caitlin, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I said, but you know what's worse than having your bike stolen? No, nothing could be worse, Grandma. Nothing. Yeah, there's one thing that could be worse. What? could be that person who would steal the bike. Let's pray for that person. Her eyes got really big, and she stopped, and it never occurred to her that there could be something worse than losing her bike. You know, whatever it is when you and I are hurt, it is a sense of loss that we feel. And our whole focus is on that loss. And God says, Kathy, get your eyes off your loss. There's something bigger here I want you to see. And as I looked into Caitlin's little tear-stained face, and she puzzled for a moment, thinking about that person who would steal her bike. And then I said, let's pray. We prayed for that person who stole her bike. And for a few moments, little Caitlin's heart was in a state of mending because she wasn't focused on her hurt. She was focused on somebody else's. 
That's why the instruction to God's word is so important. Pray without ceasing. He knows the hurt sometimes can be without ceasing. And he doesn't want us to live there. He doesn't want our focus on that. He says there's something higher, bigger, and greater I want to do in you. So let's pray. Teach your children and your grandchildren and come alongside of your husband in a hurting time and say, I love you. Let's pray. God's got something so good to teach us in this situation. By the way, um, hurts and being hurt make such a, a deep, deep impression. I had two grandmas. I had two grandmas. One was a fretful grandma. They're both born again. I'll get to see them both in heaven. One was a fretful grandma and one was a praying grandma. And boy, did I see the difference as a young grandchild. And boy, do our kids see the difference when we're fretful or when we're a praying. Now, to give a break to my worrying grandma, do you know it's natural and physical that we worry, that we fret? It's natural and it's physical that we fret. And the older we get, the more natural it becomes. I'm going to tell you why. That tap of estrogen that begins to flow freely around 13 or 14 years old in our bodies as women, it continues that way for decades. But then it slows down to a trickle. Trickle? Trickle. <laughs> I, was, I was going tinkle and trinkle. <laughs> it flows down to a trickle. And then it, it stops the estrogen. See, the estrogen is the buffer that makes us mellow as, as ladies, okay? Now, if I don't have the estrogen, I don't live mellow, I live mean. We've even given an, an acronym, ready? P-M-S. It's when the estrogen has stopped in our bodies. There's no buffer. And then as we get older and that... Um, Trickle. <laughs> that trickle actually evaporates now to a lonely drip. Now, don't look at the lady next to you and say, now I know what your problem is. <laughs> but that's what it is as we get older. Now we just have... Now, <laughs> Donna, <laughs> be good. Now we just have a tri a, 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 just a drip. And so... Now, the problem is it, get, it does get worse. Not only do we only have a drip of estrogen happening, but as we get older, we stop moving. We stop moving. That's a natural happening. And the hormone that is released, the happy hormone that is released, is released only when we are active. It's the happy hormone. It happens when we exercise, when we're active. That's why it's so important as we get older that we keep moving because it releases the endorphins that make up for the lack of estrogen that we no longer have. So move. It really does help. I hate my treadmill. Now, I, I'm not allowed to say the word hate at home. That was a rule I made a long time ago. I can say it in Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> Home is holy. Sunday school is just we girls, okay? So I do not like my treadmill. And so I'll be, I'll get up and I'll open up the basement door and Doug will say, you heading for the treadmill? And I'll say, no, I'm going to get happy. <laughs> because that's what it is. So 
With that in mind, my, my one grandma that was a fretter and a worrier, her, her lips were always pursed. And I have, to, I have to be real quick right here. But I had these two grandmas. Let me tell you about a lady named Josie. Josie was a little four foot ten, white-haired German lady. She married, she married uh, Harry, and uh, Harry turned to alcohol to solve his problems. Okay, it's a natural way the world goes. They had four children. So four children later, Harry is on his deathbed from psoriasis of the liver, and a friend called a preacher to go over to their house, and on his deathbed, Harry asked Jesus to come into his heart. And following that, Josie did also. But now Josie is left as a widow with four children, two of them teenagers, two of them almost teenagers, and it was hard. She made them go to church because they were under her roof. They had to go to church, but as soon as they got old enough to leave home, they went straight into the world and loved it. She did the only thing she could do. She prayed. She prayed. She didn't give up. She didn't badger them, but neither did she back down. And on every occasion that the church was running something special, evangelistic meetings, vacation Bible school, a banquet, she would ask her kids, please come to church. Please come to church with me. Well, now the oldest son was now married and had three kids of his own. And uh, he came home one night and he said, Virginia, we're not going to the beer garden Saturday night. That's where they went every Saturday night. And it's where his wife, Virginia, played honky-tonk, and that's how they could get all the free drinks they wanted. She says, well, why not? He says, because we're getting up and we're going to church. I told Ma this Sunday we'd go to church, but it was going to be the only time. It's going to be the last time we'd go. It's just to get her off our back about going to church. <coughs> so they did. They went to Josie's church that Sunday, Wealthy Street Baptist Church, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Otis Fuller got up, preached his heart out on salvation. And guess what happened? Josie's oldest son walked down the aisle with Virginia on his arm and received Jesus as Savior. Little to their knowledge, their 13-year-old son who was sitting up in the balcony, because that's where all the teenagers always sat, was at the other end of that altar asking Jesus to come into his heart. Now, Grandma Josie's oldest son was my grandpa. And my grandma Virginia, who never got over her fretting, who loved to play honky-tonk in the bars, found Jesus, and my grandpa and my grandma reared five children and that 13-year-old boy was my dad. Every one of Josie's children and grandchildren came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because she prayed. Yes. Girls, grow your faith this summer as never before. Get a hold of the fact that I can love God more today than I did yesterday. <coughs> Who? Who am I? I'm his workmanship. Who loves me? God loves me in a way I cannot even measure or plumb the depths to his love. Who cares? No one ever cared for you and me like Jesus. So determine it. Make that plan because we are in a war. Fight for your faith. Fight the good fight of faith, scripture says. 